Do you think there are ghosts that can see dead ghosts? But are dead ghosts alive? What the? What, <laughs> what is a dead ghost? You like different levels. You like there's the kid who can see dead people, and may, and Bruce Willis can maybe see other dead people. What if they're like when ghosts like get killed by Ghostbusters or something? Maybe they come back as like no, 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 no. Ghosts, ghosts do not get killed by the Ghostbusters. Ghosts get captured contained. or contained uh, by the Ghostbusters. Only a ghost can kill another ghost. This is like a sports team. You can't kill them. We can only hope to contain them. <laughs> Hello, this is Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 16. On this week's episode, we discuss two-legged deer, how ants talk to one another, and all kinds of real, hyper-real, imaginary, and surreal numbers. Here it goes. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the math podcast that comes to you from UNLV CDC Building 7's mailroom. And, uh... We got a show today. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah, we, well, we got one. I, uh, Given that Nathan's on it, as you can properly assume. Nathan Rowe, by the way, our, our first guest. Uh, as you can properly assume, Number it's, not, one, it's not going to be very good. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we, also, we also have a returning guest extraordinaire. Uh, the one that will tell you that it is a, going to be a good episode. Unlike the way Nathan shows it's going to be bad, will be Christopher Bates. My neighbor's dog does, in fact, have lips. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, we actually have a new guest. It's our first new guest in quite a while. And the first time we've ever had anyone on the show that has uh, two first names. Yeah. And that yeah, would be Justin Joseph. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm honored to be here. We're on such a great mind. Uh, obviously, he's never actually listened to our podcast before. Um, never, never really listened uh, because I don't know if anyone does because nobody ever drops me an email at combinations and permutations at gmail.com or seems to leave very many comments at the uh, blog, which is combinations and permutations.blogspot.com. I don't know if it's a good way to start off the podcast by like, uh, <laughs> angrily like, dropping little side comments. I just want somebody to email me. No one emails my personal account. Mm-hmm. The least I could ask for is for somebody to maybe drop me a line at this social media thing that I happen to do. Reasonable, or uh, or or maybe bringing... you could start being a good friend and just dropping me a line yeah, every I'll, once in a while in my email. Fake email addresses. That, like, <laughs> I don't know, want to blow you or something like that, and I'll, I'll send you emails. Dude, say, that I I get emails from that address. It's not fake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll some fake email addresses, or, or instead of you know, combinations and permutations. You're, you're going to create like, the email address permutations and combinations. <laughs> permutations and communi- combinations and all. Start sending you threats about how you 
<laughs> Something like that. Uh, just make sure that you don't put your own name as the signature on the email. Might be a bit of a giveaway there. Nathan. <laughs> Love. <laughs> okay, so let's actually get to what we're going to talk about. And we have a very, we have a very special uh, topic this week. I've heard since last week, I and mean, we were talking about Infinity, which, as we all now know, since we listened to the episode, which was full of incredibly right. informative numbers, or numbers, incredibly informative information, informative which could information. be encoded as numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by what I said is being completely accurate. Uh, we found out that Infinity, in and of itself, is not actually a number. And because of that, I figured today, why don't we talk about numbers? That'd be something different. What the hell? <laughs> like, how do you just... Isn't, isn't... Okay, I know math is not just the study of numbers. That's number <laughs> theory. But I don't know if we can talk about numbers. That's, that just seems a little too broad. Look, the Wikipedia article... Doesn't even doesn't even uh, have an article. It just has redirections. Uh, no, there is oh, an article. <laughs> what is a number? A number is a mathematical object used for counting or measuring. I mean, just just basically what you think. I mean, we define these numbers because you know there's three apples. We know that there's three apples because those. See, it's impossible to talk about a number without referencing the name of the damn number over and over and now, over again. It, it, it seems to me that a number is a very primitive object. It is. Um, and, and especially when referring to counting, we ought to be using ordinals because... Because... Uh, because you're a set theory bastard? Well, because it's very, very... It's very... I mean, counting only to a finite end is... I mean, very little can be done with only with only a finite a number of count, amount of counting ordinals or whatever. Um, except um, for the entirety of discrete mathematics, yeah, all of cryptography, <laughs> graph theory. Uh, let's see, uh, logic, uh, Turing machines. Uh, you know, I could probably continue on with other finite things. But the the ordinals can do everything numbers can. That is and true. Then they're not. Yeah, yeah. Ordinals, by ordinals are fine. Property. Is it, are ordinals the fucking topic? No. It just ain't. Can anyone tell me what today's topic is? I think it was numbers. Numbers. See, <laughs> see. I mean, I realize he's a new guest and he's and he's sucking up to me so that I make sure that he's leveled correctly. But at least he understands what we're talking about. We can talk about things with numbers. We can talk about say irrational numbers. Chris, what makes a number irrational? Uh, yeah, well, if it's a woman, first of all. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh so there goes half our listeners. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 this, this is going to come off as a really bad joke if we actually do have any female listeners. We're a math podcast. I'm sure we do have some female listeners. The idea that half of our listeners are female? Not true. <laughs> more like 72 percent yeah like because math is incredibly sexy that's true also I'm well here. well specifically everyone in this room with the exception of nathan is incredibly I sexy i am thank sexy you, you. i find nathan sexy oh, thank you. The glasses I mean, yeah. no i i i'm also <laughs> attracted to glasses <laughs> look at how skinny that boy is he doesn't even have a muscle on his entire body he cannot be clark kent without being ripped you just gotta tell him the biggest muscle hidden 
<laughs> That's <laughs> not a muscle. <laughs> not a muscle. Yeah, I tried. Well, whatever. Okay, so numbers. Yeah, let's numbers let's let's talk about numbers. Just uh, specifically, really. I mean, well, actually, I guess before we start talking about irrational numbers, how about we just start from the beginning of numbers? Zero. Not true. Zero was a much later concept right, than the right. original but, numbers. But now it's kind of a good starting point. Well, or we could, you know, start with the counting numbers. I guess. I, I'm still I'm still in ordinal mode. In ordinals, okay. you definitely start at zero. Yes. I'm sorry. What the hell are ordinals? Okay, I'm Nathan. Sorry, Nathan, <laughs> you got it, you got your fucking now. wish. You can talk about set theory today. I'm so curious now. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, ordinals are a very natural a natural way of building um, counting numbers or, or some sort of a number system in within sets where you start with nothing and nothing zero the empty set corresponds to zero and then you take the set of everything prior to it to get to the next level so the number one is the set of the empty set and the number two is the set of one and zero where zero is defined as the empty set and one is defined as the set of the empty set and you keep going on so um and and you can you can very easily i mean it allows for um easy comparison to know whether five is bigger than four because four is an element of five and is contained within the set that makes up five and so 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 it gives you it gives you a easy and simple well ordering even beyond the finite numbers so you have um, infinite number sorry infinite ordinals right well there's i mean an uncountable amount of an uncountable amount of an uncountable amount of an uncountable amount right of or no, ordinals cover everything i mean there's an uncountable amount of ordinals between say what aleph one and aleph two yes yeah I mean... yes but and and you you can yeah you can just keep going ordinals ordinals can count all the way up to like there's there's this idea of infinity um and there are many ideas of of infinity and some are bigger and some are smaller and ordinals you can you can um, count enough ordinals to go beyond any size of infinity, period. So, But isn't put, so, having a size on infinity putting a limit to it? Well, I mean, it depends on which idea of I guess, infinity well, you're talking I, I mean, about, I guess. Nothing about, yeah. But we talked yeah. about infinity yesterday, so... It, not it, yesterday. It, last week. Last week. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I wasn't there. No. Well, that, thank God. <laughs> So much better. It was really so much better again since you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, I much prefer ordinals. I actually really, really well, like yeah, ordinals. It's, it's and stunning. Anthony was in here, and he was just dissing ordinals. The whole that really? guy is that's, such that's a fighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He's like all about the fucking cardinals. I'm like, dude, cardinals suck. He, he said the same thing when you last time. He said Nathan is such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Well, I mean. I, uh, there, I mean, there's obvious reasons. <laughs> so, let's go back and okay. So now we now we have ordinals, which we now will all promptly forget, because we're <laughs> gonna go back to the way that numbers began. Now, this is finally a topic that I feel comfortable enough to talk about without reading shit off of the Wikipedia, because I'm pretty comfortable on where numbers began. Is anyone else willing to make a Make a general comment on how numbers probably began. Food. Okay. What interaction with food? Eating it. What? <laughs> or yes. hoarding it. You know, like, I ha I want okay. some stuff, yeah, yeah. and I have more. He has more than yeah, I have. Numbers. So, so how can you tell... In the beginning of language, I guess, you had to have numbers, because you have to... 
tell people how many. I guess like the beginning. So, so trade. all all of you, you're you're all just dancing language, around yeah. the term that I'm looking for. Here. Right down? So, so how how do you know if you have more than somebody else? You count them. Thank you. Yes. Numbers started for counting, I and mean, they started very simply. I mean. Um, I imagine probably as a tally mark system, right? Unary numbers. Part of, it was part of their primitive economic system, the trade yeah. and well, yeah, you know, like the knots. The Aztecs had the knots, and there's various right. different form ways of representing, drawing tick marks on yeah. the cave wall. Yeah, that's what I. I don't did. think I don't <laughs> think that there's too much economics during a single so single tribe. No interest rates and all that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, I realize that you're a laissez-faire capitalist, uh, yeah, but yes, but we don't we don't need to talk about interest rates necessarily no to have an economy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and there would have been a slight barter economy, but I don't think that counting would have been. I mean, it, it, I mean, counting was necessary just so you know that you had enough. Well, the value of things. So I mean, like yeah. maybe five goats equaled one bull or something like that. You know. So, yeah, you know. You, you know trade there like are goat five one, people you know? in your tribe, and you have. Five legs of deer from from a mutated two, deer from two brutally <laughs> brutally uh, like <laughs> crushed by a boulder so that three of the legs went away. Right. Or, or one was missing one was missing one leg and the other was missing two two legs. So it was a deer hopping <laughs> it a, around. It was a rough you know world just how there. how would that even work? I mean, could you have to imagine <laughs> that you'd have this deer? And like, which two legs would the deer want to lose? I would figure it'd want to lose, say, like either the left or right from the front, and then the opposite yes, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. back. That would be the most efficient, yeah, way of moving about. So, yeah. or to oh, walk well, sideways like a person. Probably, <laughs> yeah, they could probably lose their two front legs. Yeah, and that's learn true. How to walk around. That that like, actually may be the easiest us? way to drag, drag the drag the tail around, and that's and that's how uh, we got people with big butts. <laughs> It was just the the tail end of the deer as it evolved into us slowly going back into the torso. <laughs> Nobody else thinks that that's what happened. Okay, so so there's these so accounting, and I I imagine in the beginning it was it was very primitive style, and then farther on counting did become very important for economics as soon as there was trade. Well, not not only trade but uh, war. I mean, you have to know how many uh, people you're fighting when you're in a war. And even ants, they, they have like a system of knowing if another army is bigger than theirs. And so it's not worth it to fight them. You know, so yeah. I, I think um, since war, I mean, you need to know like, this army is much larger than mine. Yeah, that's yeah. I definitely see that as well. Mm -hmm. So really, it seems that numbers become start to become truly important as soon as society seems to split, yeah. you know, into different areas where but with interaction. Has to, yeah. yeah, counting might not be. Well, actually, I mean, even even if you were um, still nomadic and whatever uh, tribes, you you have to count the number of wolves in that in that pack over there. Because yeah. if you're if you're thinking about fighting yeah, them, yeah. Or... But I mean, this this is all very low. I mean, it, I mean, very very small Basically. finite numbers. Yeah, right. And it'll, also, it'll still all fit on your hands, and maybe occasionally you go to a toe. Yeah, but I mean, mm. we start to need to be able to represent much larger things as soon as we start trade and war. Because that's when you're going to start counting right. much larger amounts. And so that is probably, I don't actually know this for sure, but that's probably when we start developing number systems. Probably, yeah. Well, like algebra? Or... No, no, no. Number systems, as in ways of representing numbers yeah. in fewer characters than oh, unary. Okay. okay, yeah. I... So like base 10, base 4, base, you know, even base 3 is much shorter 
than representing well, something in unary. The base systems came about much, much later. I mean, they they had they came up with with uh, I mean, first they just be ticking, and then they came up with the idea of every five put the slash yeah. through it or something like that. And then mm-hmm. and then there were numeral systems that weren't really a base system, but you you knew that you knew that this little symbol meant meant uh 700 or something no like that, that that's so still a that's add... still a number system yeah but yeah. it's not a base number system it, it doesn't have the the uniform base that, that it goes well no in. because they would have had trans like so this these marks mean 700 these marks mean something else there would have been a base in there that you could have found but it's it not, could have it's been not... base 700 well no i mean it roman numerals are not in a base system they go up by fives and then go up by twos and then go up by fives oh, okay. and then go up by twos mm. um yeah. Or I mean, you know, they because it's one five and then ten. It doesn't it it doesn't keep going up in in a uniform amount. You know, times five each each step over. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm 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 curious about the thing that Justin mentioned earlier about the ants. Um, I mean, w- w- with the writing of the you know writing symbols that represent numbers for counting, we have to have a language to do that. Mm. Or when we speak, you know, how many deer are out there? Well, we saw three of them. But with these ants, they don't. As far as I know, they don't have like a language. But yeah, they're able to still they like do have, have a language. Scent, I think. Yeah, they they, they work with pheromones, yeah. right? And and individual wow. ants can't really communicate with other individual ants so much, and, and 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 count the size of colonies. It's sort of like there's this there's this whole colony mind type of thing. It's like goes a huge on. internet type. Yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. It's a network. It's it's a hive mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And same thing with same thing with bees. Yeah. And bees are very, also very good at, you know, gauging relative danger of invading other areas and things like that. Can we get them to do encryption for us or something? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> encode like some some problems. Okay, so so far <laughs> we've been talking about things like counting numbers. Yeah, and and that's fine as long as we're doing you know did basic trade, uh, tallying the amount of total people that we just killed, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> we got them. <laughs> No, all that, of them that that all works 100 of them that all that all works very well but then after a while you start to do mathematics you start looking to the stars and wondering how many are out there well that's still counting. Night. yeah that's yeah, yeah that's still counting i'm, still I'm counting, talking yeah, about yeah. i ate half a pie you can have no no we're pie. not we're not we're not there yet we're now because what comes after the counting numbers integers oh, yes integers so no, now, I bet I think that before they had negative numbers, they had rational numbers. Well, negative numbers. I, I think about. I I because th- I don't think that I I think that negative numbers along with zero, um, are probably were probably both equally disputed. But fractional numbers, mm-hmm. I think, were very obvious. As soon as you ate half that pie, uh, I think I, I mean chronologically from a historical point of view, I bet most civilizations came up with the idea of rational numbers before they had. Negative, but would you have to have the number well zero before you had a negative number? Would zero have to be invented first? Uh, didn't oh, the before, number zero come? I no, no. That, I would imagine you could have a negative number before Without you zero. have zero. But but would, what if you're talking about? You to, I mean, if you start doing arithmetic with the negative numbers, then you'll add negative one. By the time you start doing arithmetic, you've uh, with, uh, arithmetic with subtraction, which would be using negative numbers. I guess you would need a zero, or you would have a zero. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to go beneath zero to go into negative. Yeah, well, I, beneath zero, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. It's when you get exactly, you know, the one plus a negative one that right. it starts to be and an issue. I think that, 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 I mean, addition is very, very natural 
as soon as you have counting numbers because yeah. i mean it's just the idea i have five yeah. and then three more Ad- addition is is super um, easy any but, yeah, everything and sub- subtraction is a little more complicated i had five and then i lost four it would leave you with one but if if i had five and then lost five you don't think of it as the addition of negative five um getting into yeah, a number yeah. you just and and i don't but know. as soon as you have subtraction you have negative numbers yeah because no, a positive five and a that. negative five yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because you're on, getting on page, rid of five. I mean, that's how negative, negative numbers would have had to come up. But they didn't, they they didn't think it. of them understood. as yeah. as actual numbers. I mean, they also had okay. I don't have any any deer legs left. But that doesn't mean that they had the idea of zero deer legs. They just they didn't think of it as a number. They just they just thought of it as a concept. Of, a lack of, of numbers. Lack. Yeah. Um, and negative numbers weren't. I don't think that they would ever say like I owe someone two deer legs, so in actuality I have negative two deer legs. Uh, would, it would, it would be a fascinating thing as... to actually study to try to go back and yeah. do a proper anthropological study on it. But when I, it was commerce, I mean, I guess yeah, like you said, people would be indebted to other people. So I mean, would they consider point. themselves like in the negative? I think that by the time they had these these once debts we had and things, money. No, no, but I mean before you had money. I mean, but no, I I don't I I actually agree with Nathan on uh. this. I think that I think that just because I mean just because they have an idea of a debt I owe someone two deer legs doesn't mean that they 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 think of it as a negative you number. Are, and it's, and as it's a positive it doesn't mean that they don't think about it as a negative owe. number either. No, I, I think I think yeah. that Nathan has a pretty fair point on this. Mm-hmm. I do think as long as you're dealing with a barter economy, yeah, where you know you're it's it's a physical object. Yeah, I think that you can do that without the ability to think in the negatives. But as soon as you change to a monetary-based economy, yeah. I think you have to be able to understand negatives. Yeah, probably so. I mean, if you have formal economics, you're gonna have, you're gonna have negative numbers. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, these, um, I mean, I guess when we think of numbers, positive or negative, we think of them as being like this abstract system. But they're always inspired by things in the real world. So right. If or, I'm... or possibly as much as I'm sure everybody in here believe actually. I don't know about your beliefs on this, but I know Nathan's at the very least. They could be inspired by the pure platonic form of the number. Pure platonic form sounds like some uh, Plato. Did yeah. I hear that? <laughs> Plato, you know the allegory. Of, oh, I'm not uh, going to go <laughs> that. Good times. I hate the fucking cave. You can imagine, though. I mean, like a person in like a military formation, or you know, in a, with a group of hunters or something, and like, where's Joe? Well, he's twenty. 20 paces behind me and you know yeah. rob yeah, is like yeah. you know 30 yeah. trees ahead of me yeah this yeah. is a notion of like ahead and behind forward and backward yeah negative negative. right yeah. right but i i mean it's very it's it's also very easy for me to say well the idea of one is a clear established idea if i have one um a one apple but this this idea of negative one, you can't point to something and yeah. say this is that is iconic of negative one. If looking at that just makes me think negative one. Well, I can't think of well if, if you questions. ask if you ask mm-hmm. uh, white people in the South, uh, I have yeah, a couple examples of uh, negative property sitting directly across <laughs> from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you know you're probably good for one stolen. You're probably good property. for one stolen stereo. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably good for a uh, negative one car. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like uh, the these. I mean, we have a modern experience with mathematics. Yeah, and, so we and, think of it and like it's, it's coloring. It's it's coloring our our beliefs on this very much. Yeah, I think these people were very very advanced 
I mean, you got to think building the pyramids, that's thousands of years ago. Oh, I mean, yeah. Before, by they, before e they even started building these pyramids, they had Egypt, to have such an advanced... Egypt had a base number system. It had yeah. basic algebra. It had zero. It had negative numbers. I, I think that Egypt's, Egypt's number system that I've seen, I, I learned it once in like in like a random... I don't, I don't know exactly, but but we learned how to count it, it with these Egyptian pictures, and there's like a picture of a man sitting with his arms up that represented a million. They went all the way that high. Oh. Um, but and there was like a cane represented five, and then a, a, a just a mark represented one or something like that. But um, I, I don't think it was a base number system. I think it was a pictorial, and and to yeah. to represent things um, to the you know left one decimal point, it had to be a sim, a symbol. I mean, it had to be a different symbol as well. So they couldn't use the same symbol in in different locations to represent, you know, where a one could represent tens or hundreds or just single units. They wow. they had to change just like with Roman. Okay, I, I got I got the I got the info. Zero was definitely around way before negative numbers. Yeah, I, I would have guessed. Negative yeah. numbers came around a uh, hundred to fifty, uh, somewhere between one hundred and fifty BCE. Okay, and fractions were around way the hell before that, because because um, yeah. uh, yeah, ancient Greeks, Egyptians had them. Egyptians, yeah. Greeks, um, for Euclid's sure elements. Them. Yeah. Oh shit! Just a second. A hundred to fifty BC. Euclid was three hundred BC. Something like which that. means that we also had irrational numbers before we had negative numbers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the proof that the square root of two cannot be written as a rational number was was that in Euclid's Elements? Yeah, Euclid did a proof of okay. it. Okay, I know that I know that the Greeks had a proof of this, and, but but they like refused to believe it for a long oh, time. Oh yeah, but eventually they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, so so we just talked about two things. Let's let's define rational and irrational now. Please. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a rational a rational number is any number that can be written as a fraction, where the numerator and the denominator are both. Uh, integers. integers. Yeah. Uh, and the denominator is of course not zero. <laughs> yeah. Because anything divided by zero is not a number. Or or it's um eight, eight, it's, it's not a number. <laughs> <laughs> it's only once you start dealing with limits that you can get it to equal eight thousand seven hundred thirty four. Or one or any number really that we can define. Um and uh then irrational numbers, Nathan, are Numbers that cannot be written in such a form. Yeah, irrational numbers are just the uh, complement of rational numbers in, in the real, real numbers. numbers. What are real numbers? The completion of the rational numbers. I'm glad you asked, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now tell us the encoding of the real numbers. Well, the real numbers Okay, are... <laughs> stop. <laughs> if Dr. Burke were here, I would let him say it. But I'm 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 not going to let you. Well, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, so so now I mean we've actually talked about everything. We we talked about what we believe to be the truth uh, behind the at least part of the history, at least why we think that some things came out, such as apparently people while they were eating deer also were cooking pies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine that there was probably it was probably a a very nice mixed berry pie that used Splenda instead of sugar because they were very worried about their weight back then. Most likely, right? <laughs> That's true. All cooked in an oven mm -hmm. in a nice baking pan. How would they have had pies? Well, maybe maybe not pie, but maybe they <laughs> they were big fans of liver or something like that. 
And they or had maybe to, an apple. They could have cut an apple in half. Whatever, but let, let me when do they find out they can't add apples and oranges? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, yeah, that apple, yeah, that orange is like, how do we algebra? Even, even with, <laughs> that could have been the that inspiration been like, for algebra. Yeah, that could X's right and Y's, you know, on, on like terms. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It just, it just was not. My my my, uh, my farm is a polynomial. I've got three cows. I've got twenty horses plus uh, what five chickens. <laughs> And if a horse is worth three dollars while a cow is worth seven apples, uh, how do you maximize? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that I think that there's there's definitely you can you can think about comparison of fractions w- way the hell back then. Yeah, yeah, because I guess I know as that soon I as have you start more thinking, of the apple than you. As soon as you start thinking about, uh. I'm taking this one thing and I'm splitting it into two things. Mm-hmm. Right. Then that gives you right there one over two. It gives you one half when you only have one of the things. Well, kind of. Except, I mean, you, you could look at it and you could cut you could cut the apple so that one person gets a quarter, one person gets three quarters, and then the person with three quarters would be like, "Hey," or, I mean, the one with one quarter would be like, "Hey, you have more of this apple than me." And you're like, "What are you talking about? I split into two pieces. If there's two pieces, they're the same size, or something like." You that, probably did it with more visual though. But yeah, I think it, was, it, was more, it was more visual. Yeah, but so so you have to. I don't know. Measurement. It sounds like measurement was critical in terms of coming up with fractions. You know, we have this concept of a whole object, and so we or, or a tree. You know, I have this. We cut down this tree. Here's the whole tree. We're going to split it in half to make you know dugout canoes. How many canoes can we make with this one tree? Well, we could make four. You know, cut yeah. it in half this way, and then cut those in half. And yeah, it depends on how far back we're going. Past Egypt, Sumerian times. No, well, I w- I'm. Oh no! Yeah, but I, I mean, Sumerian. No, Sumeria yeah, alphabet, had algebra. Well, the alphabet day. They started writing first. Yeah, uh, cuneiform. Uh, yeah, right. I, I've just the whole time I've been picturing uh, it, really like, hairy cavemen. Yeah, sixty uh, at like sixty seventy thousand years ago is the way I was picturing. Sixty seventy. I don't think they were human beings. Sixty seventy. Were there? Yeah. Yeah. Six seventy. Really? Yeah. I think that I think that Homo sapiens sapiens came about two hundred and thirty thousand years ago or something like that, and. And it was it was eighty ninety thousand years ago that the Neanderthals were wiped out, either by the Homo sapiens sapiens or or whatever you know. Well, um, Galactica landed on Earth. I think about what's one hundred fifty thousand something years like ago, that. And okay. then they wiped out the right Earth. after ET. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> when, what was that? When one in doubt, bi- aliens did it. <laughs> what was the biblical story where God was going to have some guy cut some kid in half or something? Uh, oh, it's Solomon. Solomon, yeah, yeah, the wisest king. Well, or uh, well, I guess, oh no, I, I guess Abraham Sorry. was not going to cut him in half. He was just going to burn him alive. Well, he was going to cut him in half first, I think, then burn oh, him alive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he there was cutting ready, in half. Yeah. Oh, okay, I think yeah. the angel came down, stopped him. Oh yeah, like, be, but aliens or something like that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. That's two Battlestar references. <laughs> yeah, you that's know what? True. I wonder. If... You know what? You know what we're short on? Ewoks. Yes. Uh, perhaps some Gungans. The Force. Thank you. Okay, so so I just wanted to make sure that there was more Star Wars references yes. than I need you Battlestar. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I think that um, it, it's certain. Someone should someone should look into maybe maybe these visits by angels and stuff actually did happen, and the angels were really space aliens. Uh, I wonder if anybody's ever thrown that out and like. Oh yeah, you think that nobody 
has thrown that one out there. Yeah, I think I've there's people one. who are like, oh, and the because the Egyptians had you know gods traveling down. Oh, those were obviously aliens because how else could they have built the pyramids? Right. Yeah. yeah, and Stonehenge is a spaceport. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> we know of that. Course. I mean, it's Loch Ness. It's 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 Nessie's home port. Nessie has to go home sometimes. Eventually. She can't just chill out in Loch Ness the whole time. What have they done with the Stargate that they found inside the pyramid? Like, did, did they bring it Dude, to the U.S.? Dude, no, or? no. Stop. Area 51 stop. or something stop. like that? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> we, no. No Stargate. <laughs> I, I'm drawing the line there. There's a Stargate. Sign. There's a line <laughs> in the sand and you yeah. are... Chris, you're you know, muted. You need to bust out your lightsaber and uh Thank you. Chris is actually right now screaming at the top of his lungs, but he has been muted. Yes, Chris. Chris uh, has been muted so that we can when now he calms get... the hell down, Sam will consider yeah, turning maybe. his volume back up. But it'll do a, a notch at a time. <laughs> okay, so numbers. Now there are numbers other than the ones we've talked about. And uh, we've we've covered your basic sets. There's only one basic set of numbers we haven't talked about. Does anyone know which ones those are? Not Complex. Justin. Damn, Complex, you, you're supposed to go like, no. Shit, yeah. So I could have made a couple of jokes about, oh, it's very hard to understand. <laughs> you know, it, it has a lot of things going on. <laughs> it's very complex. <laughs> but instead, Nathan just actually has to know the answer. So I know my numbers. And complex numbers are the real numbers unioned with what? The... Using abstract algebra terms. Or no, there would be a direct it's sum. It's the algebraic completion of the real numbers. There you go. Very yeah. good. And <laughs> so in other words, it's just real numbers with an imaginary number. Oh, oh well, it's the it's the closure of the real numbers with I uh, yeah. added in. But but it's not just union. Yeah. You have to take the closure. Yeah, the, the closure, not closure. the union. But yeah. yeah. I that I realized that after I said it. Right. That's why I was that's why yeah. I was like Union mm-hmm. it's it's essentially just union I. It's yeah. the same thing. Everybody would right. understand what we're talking about. So yeah, uh and the imaginary number is anybody? anybody know? I. J? Are you still muted? <laughs> we no, 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 no. Chris, no, wait, Chris is live He's again. Are right? we talking I about can't hear you. wait, you turned off my ears now. I, <laughs> I can't hear anything. <laughs> Are we talking about the quaternions yet? No, we're not talking about quaternions yet. What is I? Well, I is J squared. Uh, and J is... Well, in ma- in met- matrix notation, J is uh, 0, negative 1, negative 1, 0, I think. I is, so I let, is let's, let's, just, let's just define I, I as this. I squared equals... Negative one. I squared. I squared. Any number squared is a positive number. But that is why these are complex and hard to understand. I don't understand how you can multiply one number by itself. Uh, Because we just define it to be so. So just made up. Yeah, it's an imaginary number. It. I mean, it, it is. It is very silly, but somehow it helps us model a huge amount of things in the real world. Like what? Dude, Chris, <laughs> Nathan, who is the host and who are the guests? Because I think you guys may have forgotten the structure around here. I don't believe that complex numbers can model stuff in the real world. Okay, so we took complex last semester, correct? Yes. 
And we found that complex can do what for us with real world equations? Everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can use it to solve every single differential equation out there. And we model the real world using differential equations, including ones that no computer can solve, that no human can solve in an analytic way. And so for some odd reason, it may be a completely made up number, <laughs> but it works. So does that mean the world is just completely made up? Okay, Nathan, what's a quaternion? I don't fully really know. <laughs> I just know that just just like just like i squared equals um um equals negative one. You can you can create this. I mean, Chris, you you know a bit more about it than well, I do. The, the, can... the quaternions are a um are a, a ring from algebra. Um, they're a non-commutative ring uh, with an identity element. Um, and uh, so, of course, they 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 um are associative. They they satisfy associativity, but we've lost something. We lost commutativity. Uh, we also lost the fact that if we have a polynomial with coefficients from the quaternions, this polynomial no longer has a finite number of roots. It actually has like an infinite number of roots. Oh, okay. Yeah, and what is what is it used to extend? Oh, um, the complex numbers. Yeah, yeah it, and just and like the complex numbers are an extension. Who of the real and numbers. from what country <laughs> invented it? Was it? Leibniz? Hamilton? From England? Oh, so close. It was Hamilton, and it was the United Kingdom, but it was Ireland. Hamilton was Irish? He was Irish. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. No, neither did I until a second ago, and I looked up the Wikipedia <laughs> article. He's probably pissed <laughs> off. We keep calling them quaternions. The, what, Hamiltonians? Or probably, yeah, no, uh, Hamiltonians would be a cycle in graph theory. I think that... I think that there's some there's some group that's called the Hamiltonians, and it's similar to the Quaternions, right? I mean, yes, yeah. There's a group of order four. Um, it's isomorphic to the complex numbers one, negative one, i, and negative i, under multiplication. So that that's that is. Um, that's just z four, isn't it? Hamiltonian numbers are also the Quaternions. Oh, oh, sorry. It's a group of order. Uh, Eight, I think. Yeah. It's so got Hamil Hamiltonians are the Hamiltonian group is a Dedekind group G such that every subgroup of G is normal. Weird. Yeah. Wow. That's a strange definition. Yeah. Well, uh, but it's it's a very discrete math definition almost. It's a recursive definition. When does it stop though? I mean, is there anything above the Hamiltonians or I mean? I uh, the most familiar and smallest example is the Quaternion group of order eight. But let's let's talk about numbers. Um, I enjoy numbers. Well, so, I mean, so if we're gonna if we're gonna talk numbers. about one <laughs> one made up uh, one made up extension of the numbers, we might as well talk about the next, which is uh, the, the the quaternions. Um, yeah, but do we actually know anything about them? Not really. Just that. Just that, like like every time you extend it a little bit more, you lose you lose things. Like Chris yeah. was saying, like when you the real numbers have a natural order. All right, there's where. Uh, you know, pi is less than the square root of 402, you know, and you can always do this less than or equal to or whatever. But as soon as you add in the complex numbers, there's not an obvious ordering. You can order you can order their magnitudes where you define the magnitudes a special way um, as, as distance from the uh, origin, if you think of it on, as a plane. And then when you do quaternions, you lose even you yeah, I guess you you what you lose is commutativity. Yeah, and so so then you can't even I don't know. Well, there is one application. I mean, it sounds like every time we we find some generalization of numbers, 
the the eventually we we find some thing in physics or in you know the real world of technology that, that requires us to use this new number system so particle physics uh the guys the standard model for particle physics has a group in there su2 um which actually is topologically like uh the the three the three sphere in four-dimensional okay. space and it turns out that the three sphere in four-dimensional space is is the same geometrically as the all the hamiltonians that have magnitude of one so think oh. of the hamiltonians as being like a four-dimensional okay. space and the, the points, the number, the Hamiltonians that are a distance of one from the origin form a three-sphere. And that comes up in particle physics. Okay. Well, I mean, there's there's other extensions as well if you want to keep on going. One of them has an awesome name. I can read it on your screen, so I'm going to stay silent. <laughs> yes. And that is hyper-real. Hyper-real. Uh, there are hyper-real numbers. I have a book in my office called, called um, Calculus and the Hyper-Reals. Um, and... And they're also created with set theory, and it's a way to get infinitesimals and infinite numbers um, and adding them onto the real line. Instead of just having infinite ordinals, you can also have infinite real numbers. Yeah, and it's what every infinite number has an infinitesimal inverse. Equivalent, yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so that everything still has an inverse and satisfies that. Um, it, it's interesting that you can't directly create create it. Like, you can directly create the real numbers, Um just just by taking by uh by a little extension of the set of rational numbers but with the hyper real numbers you have to do you have to create them using an ultra filter and ultra filters um require the axiom of choice uh to to really use them so so the hyper reals are a little less real <laughs> yeah they're little, they're hyper hyper real just give them a little sugar you know <laughs> oh, there's there's another group of numbers referred to as the p attic numbers i i i don't i've heard that so many times i don't really know what they are chris i have no idea but i have heard <laughs> I, i've been trying to figure out what it means from this wikipedia article i got nothing it has to do with prime numbers it's an extension that has to do with prime numbers of the rational numbers but it's different than the extension that goes from rational to real. People must think mathematicians are crazy. What, what, we what do are. think about mathematicians? Well, I know, but I mean, what do people think about? You I know? don't even know you guys are talking in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like meditating over here. about what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> no, what are you going to have for dinner? I'm eating pizza. Okay. From well, where? Like, There's a uh, I guess Pizza Hut, actually. Yeah, oh, the, come on. New, new bowl. Oh, yeah, but come on. Come on. Pizza I haven't, I haven't really, tried Really, Pizza that. Hut? Come on. We got I, Metro Pizza. It's uh, always yeah, good. Yeah. I'm from New York, so we have the best pizza ever. Yeah, yeah, Lord, New, York, New York has good pizza. New York does no. have good pizza. I'm I'm also a big fan of Chicago-style deep yeah, dish yeah, stuff. I, I love yeah. Chicago-style. Uh, but it's pretty good. It, Metro, it, if Metro has really good pizza, and yeah, they have really good also, New York-style pizza. You're also going to well. pay about twice as much. Yeah, but it's going to taste five mm -hmm. times as good and you know who what has the best pizza nearby is um, oh that place down in henderson yeah it's it's in henderson um it's on on eastern i can't remember its name but they have they yeah, have we wood. looked it up that one day yeah, God yeah. Damn it. but they wood have fired. It's wood wood oh. grilled oh it's so delicious and they, now they, i they, want pizza they plop on all like of you i have mozzarella. so much food at my house now i want to go get pizza <laughs> well you just said that, that pizza tastes five times better than the Didn't pizza, pizza. what well, <laughs> Five times better at least than the Pizza Hut pizza, yeah, yeah, and that, and that is probably, given that it was the best Pizza Hut pizza you've ever had. Probably yeah. two pie times better, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because sure. And now let's see another system. How about a surreal number system? 
That just sounds like bullshit to me. Somebody on drugs. Uh, Well, specifically, it was the uh, number system developed by the Dadas, as well as... uh, No, not at all. It was... (laughs) It's a development... It contains real numbers as well as infinite and infinitesimal. uh, Something respectively larger or smaller in absolute value than any positive real number. And it, it's it's another thing. Sounds like the hyper real. Oh, it, it kind of. Except these were introduced by uh, Knuth, the guy who developed LaTeX. Hmm. Okay. So and they were introduced in '74, and the definition construction of surreals has to do with John Conway. Did, did you know that they Mr. Were, Game of Life himself? They were informally working with surreal and hyperreal numbers, um, well well before. Uh, like way the hell long ago before. Oh, I'm not, I'm not too surprised. Like when they were first doing calculus, they, well, maybe Leibniz did. I don't know, but um, for more or less, they could not prove any of their results. They didn't. Well, hyper to... hyperreal was essentially developed by Leibniz, wasn't it? No, hi- the hyperreals were developed by um, Goldman or something like that, and and Robin Robinson. Um, Robinson is is the person who who first formally defined the hyperreals. Okay, formally defined. Oh, it represents a rigorous method of treating them. Right. But they were essentially already they being were, used. Yeah, they by were Leibniz. being used because when we did calculus first, um, nobody nobody said, "Oh, and let the limit as epsilon goes to zero. And, and Newton blah, 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 definitely blah. didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, what they said is <laughs> because if, Newton's if a jackass. You, if you take a point that's different <laughs> by an inf- by an infinitely small number. Um, then, then he just he just essentially did limits on infinitesimals, and so instead of doing the limit as h goes to zero, he did f of x plus f of x plus an, I mean f of x minus um, you know shifting to the right by an infinitesimal over that same infinitesimal, um, and he didn't use the word infinitesimal. He said unlimitedly small or something yeah. like that. For um, a very and, large epsilon, and and for for two hundred years they they couldn't they couldn't formally prove these results but what they what they could do is they could prove that that they freaking worked and they could see them work and so they just took it as true yeah and then finally uh finally someone came up with the limit process um someone i should know off the top of my head but yeah pretty i thought I, i think it's interesting that before they had limits they already had infinitesimals in this idea um Okay, well, there, there's one other extension of numbers that I was able to find on Wikipedia, and these are the super real numbers. <laughs> They're surreal, hyper real, and now super real. Now, I'm actually going to read this definition because I, there's not a person, I think, even in this room that's going to be able to properly understand this. So if there's somebody out there in listener world... <laughs> Uh, who can actually explain to me what this means, I would be very happy to hear from you. Suppose X is a Tychonoff space, also called the T3.5 space, and CX is the algebra of continuous real-valued functions on X. Suppose P is a prime ideal in CX. Then the factor algebra A equals CX mod P is by definition an integral domain which in a real algebra in a real algebra in which can be seen to be totally ordered the field of fractions f of a is a super real field if f strictly contains the real numbers so that f is not order isomorphic to r 
Wow. Let me let me explain okay. it to you guys. No. I'm just okay. <laughs> no. No. Go ahead. I, I I'd love to hear it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I I I I see I see what's going. They it's just an extension of the reels with with a ring. Um. That 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 keeps the a linear order, but is not order isomorphic to the reels. So it's it's in a sense larger than the reels. It's oh. Like, okay. Uh, so it's just it's a way of extending the reel. It's like like for example, as long as you have a tight enough um, space. The hyper reels, it sounds like, are a super re- are a super real number system. Oh, okay. um, but super real is just more general. It's talking about all such such extensions of the reels with with something. More. Are there any disclaimers in there at all? Like we need the axiom of choice to. You know, it's maybe the. How do we actually produce this ticking off space? It, this well, uh, uh, you you take the you take the. No, it's the just it's just ring. it's just it is a, a oh, ticking off okay. space. Yeah. Well, the the three point five it means um. I, I mean, it's t three point five. That means that you are is it normality. Oh, not regular. You're you're, between... you're, reg, you, you're regular. No wait, it goes it goes normal and then regular and then wait, which one's four? R- regular was I think. Three and normal okay. was uh, four. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So you're mm-hmm. regular. You're regular and house dork. It gets, it gets a lot of fiber. It gets, it gets a lot of fiber. Oh. <laughs> I think. Oh. Oh. Uh, school. Are Are we still Are we oh, still no, no, recording? No. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. So we will let them figure this out off of the podcast <laughs> when we're done, and they can keep talking. So, so we have all these extensions. Yeah, so we've talked about extensions of the real numbers and of the complex numbers as well. Now, I mean, these could all also extend the complex numbers. So how about now we, we talk about some of the subsets of the number systems we talked about so far that are important. Now, can anyone think of the most basic and probably the most studied subset of numbers ever? Of natural numbers? Sure. Primes. primes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because uh, primes are, I mean, they're fascinating numbers. And they show up, they show up in the real world a lot, which is Like in the movie Contact, that's when I heard but they don't, But they <laughs> don't show up in nature very often. No, they do show up in nature. They're finding them more and more often now. Well, they, like, one one kick-ass example of prime numbers showing up for their primeness. I've, I've told you, I've told you two this, I think. But um, cicadas are on 13 and 17 year cycles uh different different uh, species of cicada um and they they tried to think like forever how why the hell are they on 13 year cycles before they pop out of the ground in mass numbers and things like that um and and the reason is as far as biologists can can decide is if there are other cyclic creatures that will be predators to the cicadas um these the, the other cyclic creature in order to sync with the cicadas would have to be exactly 13 or 17 you know if you if they chose instead of and also if if both the 13 and the seven year cicada are in the 17. same 17 yeah oh jesus Dear uh, Lord. No. yeah 13 and 17 year are in the same environment it will take them 221 years from the time that they match up until they match up again. Right, right. And if there's if there's any cyclic uh, predator that that gets it comes in large numbers every four years or every three years, it will not sync up except four times thirteen or four times yeah. seventeen. You know what I'm saying? So they do not very often sync up because of the primeness of the number. It has no factors other than one and itself. Um, and so. 
So it's a it's a defense mechanism against other cyclic creatures that makes its cycle unique and not um, it's it's nice to know that we weren't the first people to use prime numbers as a defense right. yeah Since... oh, yeah we freaking use prime numbers in defense yeah we do a huge it, amount i mean prime numbers are what give us cryptography or modern trap yeah door cryptography. current yeah current rsa cryptography which is yeah, even used for key, curve, ex, key exchange curve elgamal they're almost all crypto schemes involve prime numbers in a large way i yeah. write prime numbers all over my body armor i love my best <laughs> just, i just, just like protect two you three yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm clad in primes <laughs> Okay, and then I mean, there's there's plenty of other subsets. Uh, there's a couple others that that are that actually are uh, decently important. Now, one of them, one of them, or actually both of the ones I'm thinking of now, uh, probably talk about these two to finish it off today. Uh, one of them is the transcendental numbers. Okay. Now, Chris, can you give me a definition of transcendental numbers? I can try. Um, we've heard about polynomials. We've talked about them all yeah. the time. Um, and a lot of times, you know, probably you remember this in college or high school or whenever you took this algebra class and you had to find the roots to a polynomial. Well, if you can find, if a number is the root of some polynomial with coefficients in the integers, then that number is called algebraic. So the real numbers that, that are not the root of any polynomial with integer coefficients, those numbers are special. They're called transcendental. Right. So they, so they and so, I mean, what what are a couple of very basic transcendental numbers? I don't know. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, 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 yeah, I'm like, the, I'm like, uh, dude. I you have to know at least like four or five of them. Well, there's certainly not any roots like square root of two or square root yeah. of five minus the square root of twenty-seven plus square root of yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's trivial to make polynomials with those with right. integer coefficients with those as the roots. I'm thinking. What, I'm thinking. What was that holiday we had? Uh, oh shit! It was on three fourteen. What was that God day? Uh, three fourteen, and then especially at like what was it one fifty nine? That that <laughs> we were that supposed day, to. So important. We were supposed to eat something. I think we were talking about it earlier today. In a, legs. In 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 a situation <laughs> that made no sense, and I think Nathan was doing it. Dear legs. Deer legs. Okay. Uh, and also so deer, deer legs. Rivers, we mentioned deer leg day. Yeah. Deer, deer leg, leg day. Okay. So the number deer leg. Yes. Now, uh, uh, any others? That Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Oh yes, of course. Uh, the number uh, HD uh, or MDMA. The uh, the very first transcendental number ever proved to be transcendental <laughs> was the number one point zero one. Zero zero one zero 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 one zero 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 one. You know, and three, so on, <laughs> etc. Three zeros and then four zeros and then five zeros before there's a one. Um, that was the first number to be shown to be transcendental because it was created simply to avoid being the root of. <laughs> it's like this can't be. <laughs> they, they essentially did a Cantor diagonalization on polynomials yeah. using that that uh, decimal nice. representation. Okay, and then uh, the other. The other set of numbers that, or and this is a set of numbers that I personally. Oh, uh, one quick thing about the transcendental numbers, uh, or specifically about the algebraic numbers. How large is a set of algebraic numbers? Of algebraic, it's yeah. still countable. Yeah, that set of all algebraic numbers is actually countable, which means, of course, since real numbers are uncountable, that there's an uncountable amount of transcendental numbers. So therefore, there right. are more transcendental numbers a than lot. there. A lot yeah. more transcendental numbers than there are algebraic uh, uh, numbers. Yeah. What does that mean, though? 
I mean, in terms of like when whenever we do stuff in the real world, engineering or measurements or uh, there's a lot of numbers that will never show up if you're solving from po- for polynomials. Yeah. Well, also, um, also like from a probabilistic standpoint, the probability of hit if you throw a dart at something um, on a coordinate system of some sort, the probability of hitting any algebraic number is going to be zero. Uh, and so, where your dart lands will be. A transcendental number, um, assuming you know that 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 we live in a manifold isomorphic to the real numbers and such things, and also that the person throwing a dart is not incredibly incredibly accurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's really good. Like we got we got like the English dart champion. He's like, man, I'm totally hitting up, and I'm gonna hit like square root of two over two. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh oh damn I just missed just the shade to the nope but that's still square root of two over six <laughs> still 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 algebraic. still algebraic told you I'd get an algebraic okay and so then the other the other set of numbers and this is a set that I personally am, am uh, interested in is the set of computable numbers oh okay now computable numbers are any number that can be enumerated by a machine right pi is pi is computable so is e right uh and because you can create a machine that will enumerate the number or in other words just go on forever and just continually spit them out going through some sort of process in order to do it now there are actually I, oh, shoot, I can't remember this specifically, but I am pretty sure that there are actually more uncomputable numbers than there are of computable numbers. Well, I mean, the the number of, of uh, Turing machines is is countable. You can go, yeah. you can go up and do a limit of, of yeah. the Turing machines. So the number of outputs of a Turing machine would also be countable because it's limited by the sheer yeah, volume of Turing machines. Yeah, by the total amount so of Turing just, machines. So just like that, you yep. can prove that there's only countably many computable numbers. Each. But every algebraic number is easily computable. Yeah, and because uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's a root of some it's polynomial. It's a root of a polynomial. And polynomial you know how to are... approximate roots of polynomials closer and closer and closer, and that's yep. all this Turing machine would have to do. Are you saying that a number is computable if it's the output of some pro- some program or list right. of instructions? If it's the enumeration of some machine. Yeah, if you allowed the machine to run and forever forever it, it, would it will spit out spit the out numbers all the digits all the digits all, essentially i mean however you want to think about yeah, it. yeah i mean as as the limit of time goes to infinity it will get to the number mm. you know yeah uh, there are no known non-computable numbers obviously <laughs> because yeah, we we can't compute them right Right. I mean, we can, we can, uh, Oh no, 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 no. There, can there are, down, there we can are write down yeah, series. We can write down series that, that are non-computable. Um, and, and you do that by, well, by... we can write down, we can write down, uh, non-computable. Well, we can, we can explain what a non-computable number is because right. there, we know things that are undecidable. Right, right, right. So, so like the binary representation of the halting problem right, exactly. is an uncomputable number. Or if you look at like the, the uh, I'm going to call like the, if you call the, I don't know, Turing numbers or something, the largest output of a Turing machine of size 3, the largest output of a Turing machine of size n, if you sum up 1 over um, and then each of those, then 
then that converges very quickly. Um, but I mean, it converges very, very quickly. And the number it converges to is uncomputable because we can't, it's a, that's an uncomputably large, uh, increasing sequence, I guess. Yeah. So, so we can, we can talk about them, but we can't compute them. So we can't say, I mean, we can get bounds on them. Uh, and we but can... they're not especially good bounds because yeah. if they're especially good bounds, they would be computable. Right. Well, I mean, we can get really, really close to these numbers, but I mean, we can only compute. They've only computed the first five Turing numbers the way I defined Turing numbers just now. Um, and the fifth one is still kind of disputed. They have an idea, but they're not fully sure because because they get they start off being like one, two, six. 5043 and then something with <laughs> something with uh with uh, 200 digits or something like that and the next one's going to going to have so <laughs> i don't even you know like they don't even have uh an idea it, you just can't even estimate these things by definition <laughs> I mean... yes that's very true but you can't estimate something that's not computable <laughs> right <laughs> so the so the sequence cannot be computed um and so if you if you uh, sum up and you but we know that they're getting large quicker than they get large quicker than any computable sequence. All right. So which means if you sum up their reciprocals, it converges. So you can prove it converges. Um, so it, it converges to a real number that does exist, but it's an uncomputable real number. Are oh. there more of those than there are? Um, this oh. the set of all computable numbers is countable. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're. That dart player once again probably gonna hit an uncomputable. Probably going to hit an uncomputable transcendental number. Well, all uncomputable numbers are transcendental. Yes. Yeah. Not not the not the other way around. <laughs> not though. the other way because around because pi is is computable is computable, but it's non transcendental. How do you know if a number is computable or not? Well, like if you were given a real number, then like, it's if, computable. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you were actually given, I guess oh. it would. You know what I mean? If if you fed oh. that infinite string of numbers well, you know the yeah, decimal yeah. to a machine you can you can oh. the thing is they can talk about computability like there are levels of computability and if you're given a number then whether or not it's uncomputable you can compute it using the number itself as a tool yeah, among yeah. if, if you're given the representation of an uncomputable number you can still decide you can't decide whether it's uncomputable but you can essentially make a turing machine Using that number, uh, using uh, using that or using the definition of uncomputable to accept it if it is uncomputable. So, given a number, you can tell if it is uncomputable, but it might run forever if given a computable number. Oh. It, it's it's one of those weird halt not halt problems. Okay. I, I would have I would have guessed. No, I think the other way around. You can create a Turing machine that halts if it's computable, and is not if it's not computable, it doesn't halt. No, I I think you can do it in both directions. Oh, okay, maybe. I don't I don't know too much about. I think I, I'd have to sit down and actually try to write it out, but I, it's something that I could probably end up figuring out. But we're gonna we're gonna leave it there with an open question. So if you have the answer Whoa. to that, yeah. It's Just, not, I, I think open is the wrong word. Open question in mathematics usually yeah, means. That's true. But it's an open question as far as we are concerned. <laughs> and if you want uh, your journal or your uh, your article on that subject printed in the Combinations and Permutations Journal coming soon, 
to your email inbox. Just send us an email at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. We'll slap a, a little a little title page on it saying it's from a journal and send it back to you and you can claim you got published. <laughs> or you can visit the blog where I will put up links about this episode as I have for all of the previous episodes. And that is combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. And for Nathan Rowe, Justin Joseph, and Christopher Bates, my name is Samuel Hansen and I hope that you have a matherific week. Well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode has been licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike license. All the music that you've heard on this podcast is from SP12. If you like what you hear, go check them out at opsound.org. Thank you for listening.